Hey everyone, it's us. Hi guys. <laughs> Welcoming my new co-host, Art, my permanent co-host, Art, to, is your phone ringing already? Yeah. I am off <sighs> guest status, <laughs> even know. special guest we'll as you call me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome to my Best Vintage Life podcast. I'm Bridget Morawski and this is my co-host. Art Bazarkanian. Art Bazarkanian. We're going to start off with our normal uh, deets as usual, and I have some questions, some announcements. I'm going to try to make it as concise as possible. Please do. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. You can send anything that way. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and social media, or Instagram and Pinterest, (laughs) at mybestvintagelifepodcast. We also have a website www.mybestvintagelifepodcast.com and you can call in with Google Voice questions, concerns, whatever you want at 559-365-6743. That's 559-365-6743. And don't forget to rate or review the podcast. You can do so on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. Uh, Throughout the month of April, Podchaser is uh, donating to Meals on Wheels, as I mentioned in the last episode, for reviews uh, sent in through them. You just have to make an account, which I know can be annoying, but if you want to just make one and then delete it, you can do that. And then um, you can also review on Apple Podcasts. And I'll talk about the rest halfway through the podcast. What's our obsession at the moment? Seems like C's candy. C's candy, yeah. We, um, a friend of ours sent us an obscene amount of chocolates. 21 eggs. I got my own box of dark chocolates. Um, There were three other individual boxes, and then he sent us one. I swear to God, it's like as big as my torso. Like, it's, it's, I think it's two or three feet long. It's it's two feet. It's actually four boxes (laughs) of one pounders. Yeah. Uh, You know what? They don't give you the map, and I like, I would like a map. I would like a chocolate map. You need a chocolate map, as picky as you are. I'm, it's That's why just, I gave you the box of dark chocolate. Well, I love dark chocolate. That was a nice choice. Okay, so that's our obsession at the moment. Um, I wanted to welcome new podcast patron, Shop Good Witch, Angela. Thank you for your patronage. She uh, joined at the Vintage VIP level, and because of that, she gets a shout-out. So follow her. Let me make sure I'm giving you the right handle here on Instagram. It is at Shop Good Witch, G-O-O-D-W-I-T-C-H. Her uh, little picture is a pink background with a black kitty cat, appropriate for the name. Um, and, you know. What you city have, is she in? Uh, she is in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, fun. And um, on her Instagram, she offers free shipping on orders 35 plus. She has a lot of really, she has something for everyone. It's a very, oh, I see a Laura Palmer video. I like oh, that. that's cool. Yeah, so lots of stuff. Uh, so her name is Angela Shop Goodwitch. Thank you so much for your support. So this um, at coming into the um, the patronage thing, I decided to add a little extra incentive. Um, if you are a Vintage VIP member, you are now given the opportunity to ask Art a burning question. So I have some burning questions. Um, I think only one person didn't get their question into me, and that's fine because there will always be another episode. So I'm going to start off since we're talking about Shop Goodwitch. Um, she said her question is, what are the most annoying things that vintage store owners who buy wholesale do? No worries if there is nothing annoying. Just wondering how to have a good relationship with a wholesaler. Thank you. I really like that question because it's informative and it'll help a lot of people. My biggest pet peeve is, Certain places like ours can be overwhelming to shop owners because they can't imagine going in. It's like walking into Costco, but everything is vintage and everything is they want it in their stores, but they realistically they can't. So what ends up happening is they grab it from all the different locations in the warehouse and then they come up and bring it to the front and they start winning it out there. That irritates me. I like someone who's in a certain section to weed out. If they're in a dress section, okay. Instead of grabbing 100 dresses that you're only going to pick 10 from, why don't you weed out there, leave, and then when you get to the checkout, only maybe put one back or two, but 90% go backs. That's incredibly annoying. And it's a lot of times, a lot of places I've seen will just ask you not to come back or will be rude about it, make you feel bad. I 
I can say like on the East Coast, the places that I used to go to, you would definitely not be welcome back. Yeah, I, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt and educate them. And then most likely, you know, it's like sometimes some people have never been to a big warehouse. So I try to give people the benefit of the break. But that's very annoying to me. Something that I like that I know we had clients in yesterday and quite a few of them do this is if they are shopping on the racks, they leave the wooden hangers on the end. So they get the stuff off the hangers, which helps with time management for us. You know, we're not taking stuff off of hangers and then they leave them there and I can just grab them quick and put them back in our hanger return. So that's something small, but it makes a big difference. It's And it's kind of cool because you can see what's coming off of what racks, you know. Yeah, I actually like it if, if they're undecisive, leave the hanger on. But if you know for sure you're getting it, right. take it off. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And some people are just incredibly decisive. They make their decisions when they're in that area, similar to what you said, whereas some people are topsy-turvy. Yeah, yeah. topsy-turvy. And it's just to get overwhelmed. It's like take a step back, figure out what your inventory needs are. Don't buy everything you see that you like. So I guess my maybe a little additional question to that is since um, Shop Goodwitch, she's not someone who's in our area who can't easily get to us. What about um, let's apply her question to people who are ordering um, via email or, you know, other okay. method. Well, yeah, we've had that. So what 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 is annoying there? What annoys you there and those in terms of those clients? Actually, nothing, because. It's the... I just made a face at art, like... Well, really? <laughs> I don't get annoyed by questions. I get more annoyed by the lack of, and then someone complains about something. The more details I have, the better, less chance of an error occurring. For example, someone recently asked for a grade of t-shirts, and in that email was what type of t-shirt she wanted. So the only thing I had to do is, okay, give her the price tiers, and now she can decide exactly how much she wants at every single level, and those genres help me make sure I don't send her something she doesn't want to sell or not the theme of her store. I think for me, a lot of people, I'm totally transparent with them up front about the minimum and shipping and stuff. And I'll put a lot of work into a reply email. And then if that doesn't work for them, instead of like replying back, they just never reply. What are you looking at? The mailman. Oh, he knows how to get there. He yeah, he's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. You don't, then don't. <sighs> Here we go. Episode one. Anyway, the I just, you know, it, I, I'm a big believer in nice email etiquette. If you're not interested, you can't afford it. That's fine. But just, you know, tell me. Yeah. Just say, thanks for getting back and, to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the price points are too high or just can't do it right now. And no harm, no foul, as I always say. Okay. Well, thank you for that question, Shop Goodwitch. And once again, for your patronage. Okay. Uh, now we have patron Sarah, Vintage VIP member. She is asking, um, so I think her question is kind of a multi-piece. Are there any must-see vintage fairs, flea markets, swap meets that vintage lovers should plan on visiting someday post-COVID travel restrictions? She said she's never been to the Rose Bowl or San Jose flea market. Um, are there any lesser-known vintage markets in Cali or in the Midwest or the East Coast? Um, or more specific question to your business, do you guys have picker sources from the UK or anywhere else overseas? Have you or Art ever vintage shopped outside the United States? Okay, that's a really multi-piece question. Those are question, great questions. But they're really good. Okay, um, let's go with the first one. Uh, I Stay away from San Jose. That is not a vintage flea market. That is turned into regular brand new stuff made in China. I didn't even know crap. they had one. They did. It's been there forever, but okay. it's not vintage anymore. Rose Bowl is a must-go-to. It's changed, but that's good. It's evolution. And some people like it and some people don't. I mean, I've been there one time. I probably would go back, but it's not. I mean, listen, I've been in California how many? Almost five years now. I haven't gone back since I've been here. So, yeah. yeah. Round Top in Texas is definitely worth going to. Oh, and uh, Brimfield. And Brimfield. Antique yep. Market um, in New England. Massachusetts. Um, what, what about, yes, what about uh, Alameda? That's more your housewares, yeah? No, Alameda. Yep. If you're in the Bay Area up in San Francisco, it's right there. It's it's a beautiful because on the backside you have the Bay, Oakland. That's definitely worth going to. Um, um, and Long Beach. Long I, Beach is a nice one. Uh, a lot of the same sellers that are at the Rose Bowl will be there. And now Palm Springs, since it's been open to Palm Springs Flea. Is yeah, they doing sent me emails. Somebody signed me up for their emails. Yeah, uh, those are good. And in terms of, I have sourced, I have pickers, uh, believe it or not, in Japan, 
Pakistan, Mexico, uh, in the UK for the last three years, and I'm trying to think where else. Oh, Canada. Uh, great vintage in Canada. Uh, in terms of me personally going and buying overseas, I've been to Australia. I loved uh, I was there in 1997 in August. Uh, me and my father took a trip over there. We sent over almost 2,000 Levi's, and we were in Sydney. And then we went to Parramatta, which was uh, famous for having the largest flea market in the Southern Hemisphere, and it was a lot of fun. We also uh, set up lit at little pop-ups, and I was there for two weeks. While I was there, though, I was also buying Jordans and Nike, and so I was able to ship those back, and we literally sold every last pair of jeans we had down there. And this was when I had just started in the business, so it was kind of cool. It was a great experience. Uh, I wish I could go back and do it again. And also, in the 90s, early 2000s, uh, my brother and I would go into Mexico, and we would buy shoes and Levi's. Uh, what else did we buy there? Lots of denim down in Mexico. So that was a lot of fun. I, and then oh. he's also been to Chile because a lot of the rag houses left California and they went, you know, to yes. Central America and Southern America. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, and now, uh, like I said, a lot of the rags have gone overseas to the India free zone. They've gone to uh, Pakistan uh, Texas, because of their low hourly rate they pay workers, they have rag houses there down in Brownsville and Houston. So we have pickers there as well. Now, um, you have to have multiple sources because you never know when one dries out. Going back to the flea, I don't know if the Brooklyn flea is still in, if it's still happening, but they had done a Philly version, and that did not last. Um, but I've never been to the Brooklyn flea. I don't know if you're in New York. I, people have mixed feelings about it. I've never been. How about the Chelsea Chelsea Market? I don't think Chelsea Chelsea Market isn't a flea. Yeah, it is. You're talking about in, in New York? No, in New York. No, that's Chelsea Market's just an area. But I'm talking about the Chelsea Market in New York. No? No. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure there are, like, I mean, I've been in New York just on random day trips and, like, walking in the Lower West Side and the West Village and, like, a whole block will be blocked off and you'll see people selling vintage. So oh, it's gotcha. Yeah. It's not something regular. No, I mean, there's tons of just small little street fairs and stuff like that that pop up. Um. Have I ever vintage shopped outside the United States? I didn't do any when I was living in Mexico. Um, I don't remember there being any options, really. I remember doing normal shopping, but um, Italy, no. Uh, the Czech Republic, yes, not really, but um, there was a really cool store where a woman was selling antique and vintage um, like late, like a, it's like a lace camisole is what I have, but she had so many different, uh, beautiful pieces, basically like, um, Slovakian. I mean, it used to be Czechoslovakia, but we'll just say she looked more Slovak than Czech because she looked a lot like my family members who are Slovakian, but, um, just a lot of traditional ethnic garments that were really beautiful some of them were from the early 1900s so uh, that's more antique in my opinion but no I did not do any vintage shopping why are you making a face at me I'm not I was just doing what you do oh Spinning yeah your hands wrap, like, wrap it up yeah <laughs> uh, let me make sure we covered all of her questions um yeah I think I think we're we're good there uh yeah okay so I did my shout out. We did questions. So now we're going to jump into our theme, which is um, the Rose Bowl Flea Market, which recently reopened post-COVID uh, this past Sunday. We had, I know there's some people I saw on Instagram that went, and uh, some of our clients went as well. Yeah, it was interesting S feedback. Yeah, um, what, what did they say? These were Japanese clients yeah, that were here. Not too many Japanese, but I expected that since the restrictions, you know, to fly in fly out of only Tokyo, and then when you fly back, you you cannot take any sort of public transportation. You have to rent a car and drive back to your city, however far that is. So that's a little difficult 
for some who are like 10, 12 hours away from Tokyo. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're traveling alone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then I, I kept hearing that all there was was young, young Americans running around buying T-shirts. <laughs> Sounds so. about right. Um, okay, so I've only been to the Rose Bowl one time. My first time ever in California was in 2014. I had been working, uh, I started working at Urban Outfitters in October of 2013, and I met Art on my first trip out in October 20, or in uh, April, <laughs> April 2014, so that's seven years ago already. That's the only time I've been to the Rose Bowl. Um, I'll let Art tell a few of his memories, and then I'll talk a little bit about my experience. He obviously has much more Rose Bowl mileage than me, um, but I do have some funny stories from my one trip there, but I think his are probably much more funny. So, Art, do you want to take the wheel? Yeah, there's so many wonderful memories from there. Uh, you know, it's uh, some of them are inappropriate, so we won't go to those. Uh, there's I haven't pre-screened these, so... <laughs> <laughs> Not guilty. <laughs> uh, there was a celebrity who had just recently had a baby, and they were normal shoppers with us, her and her husband, very nice people. And Could I make a rhyme about that? No, I'm not going to. Can I make a rhyme about their name? <laughs> no. And so, sh- and they, I was famous for always having beers out there for people, and I just loved having a good time while I sold. Uh, it was just more, to me, it was the culmination of a whole week. I'd already been down in L.A. Uh, selling with appointments, people visiting the warehouse. And so to me, it was a culmination, just like a big party. I, and I, I would have music out there. One of the first people that ever had music, and I love house music, like what you guys call EDM now. So I would always have it being really fun. So people would just gravitate towards it. And it was really fun. So they were normal shoppers with us, and they would come and have beers with me. And, well, she had a newborn, and, you know, things, for some reason, people love to open up to me about most random things. And she was saying that she was having a hard time producing milk. And I'm like, oh, you know what? You should try Guinness. Guinness gets it going. And <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but and that this, what else are you going to say? So is this the nipple part? When we gave keywords away? Yes. Yeah, this is the nipple part. So, uh, and the husband's like, baby, why don't you try it? So, he go, she, I give Guinness to each of them, and we, and within 10 to 15 minutes, I see a small circle starting to appear, and I'm like, it's working, it's working. Oh, on her shirt, she was lactating. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like... (laughs) 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 <laughs> no, I, she didn't pee. She, I, no, 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 no. I thought maybe you were like actually looking at the nip. That's a different time. Oh no, my god, it's, I'm not there yet. Okay. Why you gotta jump around, okay. man? Go ahead, go ahead. Anyhow, so she's like, "Oh my god, it is working." So I said, "Hey, get in the back of the truck and do what you got to do." And I'm thinking she's gonna put a towel or something, and I'm there being the nice guy, helping her up into the truck while the husband's shopping and drinking. Next, you know, she whips it out. Well, she's. She's an earthy girl. Yeah. Back then, breastfeeding wasn't as normalized, but... Um, no, I have no problem with it. I mean, right. but it's just funny because this is somebody who I'd seen my childhood life, and then all of a sudden, I get to see it. She's on a TV show, right? Yeah. Yeah. And okay. done tons of movies, but it was kind of weird for me. We can say but, she was on a TV show, and her husband is a singer-songwriter, musician. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a funny one. But, you know, and they kept coming back for years until after we stopped doing it. Yeah. Yeah, good people. Okay. All right, so another one. This one involves ecstasy. As you know, early 2000s were big for ecstasy. I, I and know. Especially, <laughs> yeah, especially in Los Angeles in and San Francisco, <laughs> San Diego, Las Vegas. So you would get all kinds of people. Sometimes people would be still rolling from the night before, and they would just take a little... You know, a little something to get keep them going. But you could tell those kind of those people kind of stand out since uh, I've visited those clubs quite a bit myself and love that music. So certain people you kind of recognize. Well, this couple, I think they thought they were still in the club because they were dancing to the music between our clothes and aisles. And all of a sudden, the girl just takes off her top and starts 
basically rubbing herself Wait, right whoa, then whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> when you when you gave me a preview of this yesterday did she have a bra on no i was gonna say safe no. assuming no so uh the best part is so she's doing this and i'm like yeah and my brother my brother comes running over he's like hey man what's going on i said she's just dancing why is she dancing like that i'm like because she's dancing why don't, like ask her like, what am i i'm not gonna stop someone from expressing themselves uh, yeah well so I'm, sure. I'm like hey are you trying on a shirt so i try to make conversation <laughs> Can I help you with something? And so all of a sudden, my brother, who was like not wanting anything to do with it, all of a sudden becomes salesman of the year. He's like, hey, why don't you try this on? Why don't you try that on? So she keeps on trying different things. And and I just love the way this feels. Well, and meanwhile, what is her partner doing? Dancing. He's just sitting there dancing. (laughs) (laughs) And you should have seen the crowd. People, People who knew got it and were like, oh, that's cool. And then people who are just like, what's going on? What's going on? No clue. Like, you know, sometimes it's, I don't know. That to me is funny. I I imagine if you do that, if you do that uh, plea long enough, you probably, nothing surprises you at some point in time, right? Oh, no. No, nothing surprises you anymore. Oh, no. And the best part of like the summer months were our, the guy who used to sell next to us was, uh, of like one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He was a gay guy, but imagine Danny Trejo, that guy. <laughs> but gay. But gay. But right? Very intense. Like where well, he's intimidating. You're intimidated by this guy. Yeah, but I he's so vintage to his daughter. Okay. And the package got lost and I was nervous Machete was gonna show up at my door. <laughs> She's like, so, Danny Trejo's my dad. I was like, fuck. Yeah, don't mess that one up. <laughs> so this guy was absolutely, and he, we were next to him for six years until we moved to, so we can have more spaces. Yeah. And he would delayer by nine o'clock. <laughs> he was shirtless oh and, my God. and shorts that you could see all his private, like, you know, the yard in a sense. Nothing was breathing. Yeah. All out and about. And it's not healthy for you down below. What you mean? I mean, that's not good on your 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 privates. What is it? If something's really tight and nothing, it's not breathing. tight. Oh, well, you said you could see everything. Yeah, because he took everything off. Well, what did he? What was he left on? Like, what did he have on? Loosest Daisy Duke shorts oh. you've ever seen. So they would just, and he had you that. You could still see. Hey, now. <laughs> no, you're not getting it, man. His shorts would be so low rise half his crack is hanging out okay. and then half the front's hanging out so you could see the bush did he have did he have undies on no oh yeah don't even talk to me about raw because every time you saw oh, him you're like ah. I'm just yeah i'm like ah so so but did he have a good body yeah oh yeah yeah no he was, he was cool he was a nice work guy. yes so one time and he did not like people to ask for discounts. He was kind of like, remember the guy on Seinfeld, the soup guy? Yeah, soup. Okay, Not no soup. discount for you. So this girl was trying to steal something. Oh. And Wait, she was came- this a celebrity? No. Because wasn't there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this Never is something mind. different. Yeah. So she's trying to steal something, and we're like, Teef, Teef, stop. And he what comes. What was his name? Teef? No, he was trying to say thief. Oh, oh. So- <laughs> You're killing me, man. <laughs> uh, so saying thief, thief, stop. That, but it was teeth, <laughs> teeth. So he's running down the, the chasing her and, and his pants drop. And I'm like, Christ, anything else can happen today, right? Wait, was that the same day as the, the boob rubbing? No. Oh, no, my no. God. Just, every day was an adventure. Like, Wait, so the, the shorts drop. There's the nothing. Shorts, there's nothing. So he's and he's chasing and holding at the same time, and he's trying to catch this girl. And, I mean, he walked up and down <laughs> the aisle, and he followed her, and and she's like, I haven't taken anything. Oh. You tried to steal. You're a thief, thief, thief. And he kept saying, don't sell her anything. She's a thief. <laughs> like, before there was this, what do you call it, that trolling thing on, on social media? 
Well, this guy walked he around. Was the troll. Yeah, he walked but around and pointed. Deservedly so. She stole from him. I'd do the same. She thing. was trying and she got caught. Oh, so, so she, she, she didn't actually take anything. She didn't take anything. Well, he was warning people. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh man, oh, he, there were so many stories with him. He was, and he's still in the so business. After, and he, I'm sorry. I no was worries. just gonna say, after being there, I mean, you'd have to have some nerve to try and steal. There's people everywhere, and it's open air. Oh no, that's big. Oh yeah, we've had stuff stolen from us. I've, yeah, for sure. It's people, you know. I mean, think of stores. There's cameras in stores. There's different, you know, you've got three or four employees and some, and they still steal. Yeah, you no, know? you're right. You're yeah. right, brazen. Um, yeah, you just got to accept it and just move on and don't let it ruin your day because the majority of people there are good. Yeah. All right, it's time for an ad. No, just kidding. I'm not doing ads, but I am advertising um, becoming a patron on Podbean, um, which is who's hosting the podcast now. We have three patron levels. There is $2, which provides general support for the podcast. There is the $5 level, which is Vintage VIP. So um, you'll get a personal and or business shout out. You get to ask Art a burning question, and you'll be added to our close friends group on Instagram to get behind the scenes um, video action there on Instagram stories. And there's also a $20 level, which offers... Uh, one monthly mentorship call. So if you're on Instagram, you can go to my uh, link tree bio and you'll find the link there to become a patron. And if you're not on Instagram, if you look in the show notes um, while you're listening to the podcast, there's I always put links for everything in there, um, but you will find a link to become a patron there as well. So it's through Podbean. And it's a reoccurring charge, and you can unsubscribe at any time. So just for example, if you did do the $2, that would be $24 a year. If you did the $5, $60 a year, and so forth. So it's a really great way to show your support for the podcast and at a relatively low cost. You know what? If we get two patrons at that $20 level, I can get a chair that isn't for a six-year-old. <laughs> I might we be a co-host. To, we need to do a little updating in my office because I'm just teasing. Right now, it's it's a little crammed. Um. Okay. Do you have more stories? Oh, tons of stories. Okay, but. I'm gonna use the restroom. So you you go ahead and keep talking. Art looked at me like, please don't leave me. Well, I'm leaving. You shouldn't do this because you're not gonna <laughs> like. But that's me. I cannot believe she's given me control. Uh, she's probably going to edit this out. So I'll do my best to uh, do a good job and not need to be edited out. Vintage is a blast. Uh, you can make it a business. You can make it a hobby. But the good part about it is when you buy right, you never lose money. And uh, because of COVID, I've been doing a lot more cleaning, a lot more. Uh, work in the inventory in the warehouse and I am finding things and I even found things from times that my personal clothes and from different moves because I lived in LA came back to Fresno lived in Newport came back to Fresno so different moves uh, I did a poor job of unpacking and the stuff I found that I had I've been able to sell and a lot of the stuff actually appreciated in value I had these Nautica jackets well Nautica stuff is hot I had, you know, rock t-shirts, wrestling t-shirts. I just found a Hulkamania, a Junkyard Dog, Lollapalooza, all these t-shirts that I had kept for myself uh, back in the day. Then you find them 15, 20 years later, and they're unbelievable. So so when you shop right, you always it's more of a solid investment than crypto sometimes. Okay. Was that a story? No, I was just giving a little bit of advice. Oh. About buying vintage. Should I tell my story or should... Yes, please. Me? Yeah. So my Rose Bowl experience, like I said, it was my first time in LA. Uh, I think we flew in on like a Wednesday and then I left. <laughs> so Rose Bowl's on a Sunday morning. I remember my boss wanted to wake up at the crack of dawn because there were multiple urban teams there and she wanted to get there before all of them, which was a nightmare um we woke up really really early and I had been really scared to drive in LA I had never driven in California and we had a uh what did we have Tahoe. 
Tahoe, a big Chevy Tahoe. And she said, all right, you're going to drive to the Rose Bowl. So it was so early that it was actually a good first driving experience because there was like hardly anybody on the road. It was dark out. I think we woke up around 430 or 5. Um, we, and it was, I get to the Rose Bowl at 1231 and we start setting up at four o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are people, we got V, we paid for VIP parking, um, parking in that big vehicle in that parking lot was a little tricky, but I was proud of myself, you know, small town gal. I mean, not that I wasn't like driving to Philly every day, but LA is different. So, and it was cold, it was cold and then it got really hot, um, that's the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I remember seeing people as soon as we parked, seeing people with headlamps on, um, which I was kind of like, oh, that's a that's a cool idea. Wish I had one. We started off. I just remember the first booth that we went to. The racks were set up, but they were draped with covers, and there was a line of Japanese men waiting. <clears throat> And we all kind of got our place around the racks, and then the guy would go around taking off the covers. The guys on each side of me, literally, I'm not kidding, elbowed me. I believe it. Almost knocked me over. And I yelled, what the fuck? Don't touch me. And my boss was (laughs) like, okay, we're leaving. (laughs) I mean, I How come I'm not even remotely surprised that you would say that? Uh, Well, I mean- you know. Do you know why he did that? The the vendor. To build hype? Well, it's twofold. One, it's to also control your inventory so people don't steal as you're sending because you're turning your back. Well, listen, I get it, but it's just, you know, I was just yeah. not, I hadn't had a lot of experience with Japanese people in my life. Yeah, there's, there's. I a, didn't know what cultural norms were. It has nothing to do with that. It's, it's, it's aggression to buy, and I've seen, my brother does it. Uh, everybody does it. Right, it's but at the time, I didn't know if are. it was a cultural norm or not. Like, no, I had no idea. I'm like, is this not. part of their culture? I don't nope. know. Japanese. You have to keep in mind, I grew up in a town where everyone was white, basically. Like, we didn't have any cultural diversity. We didn't have people of color where I grew up. So going into college and then going into urban, like, where most people, most people were light years ahead of me with experience with people from different cultures at that point in time in my life. So... Yeah, it was, I was upset, you know, I was like, why did those people try to knock me over? Because so they wanted the stuff. Exactly. Yeah. But it just started the day off on like a bad tone. And I'm hungry, as usual, hungry as fuck. And my boss was like, well, why don't you get, she got me like an agua fresca and it was watermelon. So I'm carrying around this like pink juice and probably, you know, what turns out not to be the best thing to have on me and she's in one booth and she go, tells me to go check out this booth it's white cotton victorian dresses with your agua fresca yeah and i i'm like shit so i thought well what's the best thing to do so i found a corner of the booth where there weren't any dresses and i put it down on the ground because Big i mistake. thought it was better i thought it was better than carrying it though what if i tip or spill People always kick it because they yeah. can't see it. Well, some dumbass kicked the cup and it went rolling, but none of the dresses got splattered. It was all on the ground, and I offered. I said, can I please go get a cup of water, you know, to help? And the lady screamed, screaming at the top of her lungs at me, like, get out of my booth. And my boss was like, you know, she didn't mean it. She put it on the ground. She didn't want to spill it while she was carrying it. I, tr- I offered. That's rude. Yeah, the lady, like, I was almost in tears. Oh, so fuck that. You see, how this is not ending but- up to be a great day. And then we went to see Art and Rafi. Well, that explains why you were so cranky. I was like, man, this chick was so nice at the warehouse. Oh, I was so fucking hungry. You were hungry. Now I, now that I know you, I'm like, that's all I want. She's yeah. hungry. And um, I offered you a beer. You're like, no. No, you told me you were going to get me a Bloody Mary, which in retrospect probably would have been a bad idea because I had an empty stomach. But at that point in time, I would have taken anything. Oh, because my brother took off and I was busy at the yeah, booth. You yeah. never got me the Bloody Mary. Can I get you one now? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but you know, it ended up just being like the urban people that she was worried about didn't end up showing up until like <laughs> 10 something, right? 10 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. One of them, uh, one of them was with a famous jewelry designer. I'm pretty sure that girl was either high as fuck or drunk or hungover one or the other. It was so comical to watch. And I'm like, wow, I'm like these are the people we were worried about. They're showing up as we're getting ready to leave pretty much. So then we went back and went to, um, 
a restaurant on La, C- La Cienega for brunch, and I ended up sitting back to back with Adrian Brody. So that was the cool. Adrian the Brody. Adrian Brody with a smoking hot model, and they were like making out the whole time. I mean, I literally was just so starstruck. That was probably the I'd say. And you know, what was really odd was when I went back to Pennsylvania and told people this. They were like, "Who's Adrian Brody?" I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Oscar winner sitting like two feet away from me. I mean, it was just, but I didn't know he was there. Like I try, I always try not to walk, like look around when I walk in a restaurant in LA cause I get nervous. I'm going to see someone famous. Oh, you're funny. And we sat down and my boss was like, okay, don't turn around. And I was like, who is it? Who is it? It's art. And she, <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, okay, Maybe pretend like you're looking through your purse. She's like, but Adrian, I mean, granted, she's whispering this. She's like, Adrian Brody's right behind you. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Freaking out. That was an amazing. So in that trip, celebrity sighting wise, I saw. You're like a teeny bopper. I saw Adrian Brody, Judy Greer. um, And the kid from Freaks and Geeks that was on Silicon Valley with the big glasses. I was just talking about him with someone else. I can't remember his name, but he was right next to me at In-N-Out. Judy Greer was shopping next to me at Mohawk General Store. Shout out to Mohawk. And then... um, You know what the big highlight of that trip was? What? Do you remember the first Baz brother you met? Yeah. Humpo. Yeah. Yeah. She actually thought my dad was one of us, and he... When she was walking it's into like, the well, warehouse. Well, I know they're older, but I didn't think they were that old. He was our, also <laughs> our concierge. and He was sleeping. Watched, he it was, was asleep. a beautiful, beautiful L.A. day, and there was a Breezy, breeze. Yeah. yeah, I can remember stuff blowing, like, off the desk. That was his thing. He would it. always sit in front of whatever warehouse we were at, and he would just fall asleep in his chair, and I'd always sneak up, and I'd pin, like, different things on him. Like, I would tape employee of the month, employee of the week while he was asleep on him. <laughs> And I would take pictures of him, and he'd get so pissed at me. <laughs> I just take a nap. You know what? One of the worst things about the Rose Bowl for me was, and this is a tip if you're planning on doing any flea shopping, is we we bought carts. We bought like the black metal carts. Yep. And it still was just too much. Like that's how much stuff we had. No, no, you have to use a wagon. We use our laundry carts, like. I don't know if a lot yeah, of you know, you but to, before. You have to realize we fly out from Pennsylvania, so our only option was buying carts and then selling them. We sold no. them, I think, on our way out. Or I, I rent them oh. to people I don't know. And I mean, anybody, I, I all my, my clients, were fall like, right uh, off. like, you know, my Japanese clients that are good ones like Masa and Kazuya and, and all those guys, I would just let them use our carts since we'd empty them out and they would bring them back at the end of the day. Yeah. Either way, our carts were full, and I had things on both my shoulders. Well, you should have made a trip back to the car, unloaded, we, and come back. We were holding stuff at, um, whose booth was it? I remember Ellie? Yeah. Yeah, Ellie's booth. Uh, she used to sell, we used to buy vintage accessories from her. I don't know if she's still in business or not, but she held on to some stuff for us, which I was a little leery to do, because she literally just kind of like put it under her truck. And, you know, you're in a big open area with people you don't know. Um, yeah, never um, go under trucks of people. You, it's scary what you'll find under there. That's a different story for another time. Okay. Um, more stories? No? No. Why not? I thought you, I told you to come with it like five to seven. Five to seven? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. You've told me so many good ones. I thought I thought you were preparing a bunch. This is disappointing, Art. I'm sorry. I'm just drawing a blank right now because I'm trying to because because I'm also doing a filter. I'm trying to figure out what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, who I can talk about, who I can't. What talk about, about the celebrity that was stealing stuff? Uh, what about it? Was that your booth? No, right across else? from me. I caught oh, them stealing. You caught them stealing. Yeah, a celebrity. Yeah. Did you call them out? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you really need to do that? As much as you make for not doing anything, really important. <laughs> Why don't you put that back before I call the cops? Okay, wait. The keywords were nipples, ecstasy, and a long handshake. Who was the oh, long the handshake? long. Okay, okay, that's a good one. <laughs> All right. So, ba- 
there's <laughs> oh, there's ways of greeting people, and different cultures greet differently. Like just a simple handshake. Then there's a yeah, some a, people don't do handshakes at all. At all. Now it's the fisting thing or the elbow no, thing. It's not, it's not fisting. <laughs> I thought people fist, fist bump. Oh, fist bump. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Here we goes again. <laughs> all right. So some people do the <laughs> clap. And so like you can't see, so you need to explain what you're oh, doing. Oh, how can I explain this? You're doing so, like slap, slap, slide bump, off, slides, bump, explode, explode. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was this one individual who was in the business before us, and every time he would greet my brother, they would do this thing, and it, and he had tiger. I remember he had tiger skin boots, and and he wore them. It didn't matter if it was 120 Ooh. degrees plus that. You know, it's an extra 15 degrees hotter on that asphalt in the parking lot of the Rose Bowl. And I'm like, I was just like, his feet, I just pictured them just cooking inside there. And it was just these cool boots. And he'd always tuck his pants in them. And he'd wear like a muscle shirt or a tank top. And he was kind of not built for that kind of shirt. And he was just looked like a sausage stuffed in casings. That's what he looked like. And then... <laughs> that was awful. And he would come and try to do this handshake instead of just saying hi. So <laughs> he would do it like, and it lasted about, it was like eight to 10 different things. And oh for some God. reason, my brother knew it all and I didn't understand it. So I never wanted to shake his hand. Cause I was like already like too confused by all the nonsense that happened. And so he would come up to, and he came up to me one time. I couldn't avoid him. And he started it. And we literally missed each other six times. <laughs> and he goes, I just fuck it, man. <laughs> and so every time he, he would see me after that, it was like, he would just wave. <laughs> Him and my brother would do their thing. I was like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> well, okay. So I know we don't want to talk about celebrity stories that may be revealing, but who are some of the, you could talk about celebrities you've met that you had really good experiences with. That's not. Well, one of my favorite, favorite people I got to meet out there was Jeremy Scott. And he was probably one of the nicest I had no idea in terms of him as like world famous designer. I just thought he was a cool guy. He would always come every single Rose Bowl. He was out there. He'd come and just hang out, talk. He never, I, I never saw him drink. I would always, he would always take a water or soda and he always had three or four people who would always shop with him and they'd usually buy something. And, and I remember he'd always wear like the coolest, um, like those parachute, parachute yeah. pants and those beach pants and art has a picture of him like from an old phone art dug it up for me because he knows how much i love i love jeremy scott because he had a more rural rural background but still a very small like close-minded town and was doing something so completely different than anybody i think he grew up in missouri arkansas missouri Ar- it's from the missouri. south yeah i mean just, you know, I appreciate that about him and admire that about I mean, this was, you know, you met him pre-Moschino days. Like, he was just doing mm-hmm. his own thing, really. Right. And But he, I, you could tell he was ahead of it. And, but the Japanese knew who he was. And I had clients in Osaka that when they would they saw me with him and just... Lost they, their minds. They lost their minds. They, Atsan, Atsan, Jeremy Scotto, Jeremy Scotto, photo, please. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let me ask. And I said, hey, Jeremy, do you... You mind taking a picture? He's like, oh, of course. I love Japanese. I love Japan. He goes, have you been? And I said, no. He's like, well, we got to go. You got to go. And I was like, yeah, one day I'll get to go to Osaka. Uh, I've planned a trip to Japan three times, and it's been canceled three times. Twice due to my father being ill, and one time due to a tsunami, which... That was like the Fukushima one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the big one. Yeah. So hopefully one day I do get to go over there. I think we should go. go on a work trip. We could podcast oh, live from Japan. That'd be fun. And, you know, I would love to buy. Right now, certain vintage in Japan is actually cheaper than it is here. So it would be a good opportunity to buy there. So crazy. Oh, it flips. That's the cyclical mm-hmm. nature of vintage. Any other nice celebrities? Yeah, Ty Pennington was really nice. Uh, you know, this was uh, during the height of the show. He's an Atlanta boy. So celebrity, him and my... Or not celebrity, um... House makeover, wasn't it? Fuck. House makeover. No, but... Let me fix your house. Uh, no, 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 no. Let no. me make you a house. Uh, yeah, I mean, they re... re yeah. Yeah. 
they did a lot of good on that yeah, show, I so, think. I mean, who knows behind the scenes? There's always a story, but it oh seems yeah, like people well, one of the it. here's what's crazy. One of the people, Extreme Home Makeover. Yep. Yeah. One of the people he had on that show, me and my brother would get into verbal arguments with prior to actually getting into the vintage business. Before we were in a vintage business, we would we were buying books at Salva- Salvation Army auctions and shoes. So and this person was doing that as well? No, he was buying books for the show, but we didn't know. They were buying vintage books vintage, for that for the homes? Well, he was a uh, Shit. he was a decorator <laughs> and doing stuff yeah. so he would so they wanted those coffee he would sell those like coffee staging, t- and staging exactly. Yeah. And so we would buy these bins of books and we'd get the cool ones and then we'd sell the rest mm-hmm. and you know we weren't trying to make a ton of money we were just trying to make anything at that time. Early humble beginnings. And then we were also buying shoes. So we and this was in Pasadena. So we would go to the the Salvation Army auctions in Pasadena, right. and we'd run into him. And then when we saw him on TV, we're like, "Oh, that dickhead!" I, I didn't like him. He was like the only person on that show I didn't like. I don't, I don't think I watched it much. Um, anybody else celebrity wise? Yeah, there's been so many out there because it, it attracts a lot of different people. Um, oh, you know who I met that I really liked was uh, Julian Lennon. He was a really oh, cool yeah. guy. Again, dressed way ahead of his time, very uh, very chill, very, um, I would say almost Japanese in a sense, the way he dressed. Very, like, colorful and, and fun, but yet loose, mm-hmm. you know. He was really nice. Um, and obviously a lot of different designers come through. And then the ones you forget are the ones that were so full oh, of themselves. Wait, didn't you see Vivian Westwood? Well, supposedly that's who she was. Yeah, because when I did the when I did the Valentine's Day and I was showing you pictures of her, I remember you brought that up. Yeah, and you saw her and somebody. No, not saw her. We she bought stuff from our booth. Oh my god! Yeah, I had no idea who she was. She just celebrated her 80th birthday. Oh, she looked amazing then. She probably yeah, looks amazing in, now. She's in great shape. She's always taking pretty good care of herself. I mean, it's not to say she hasn't had like a rough life. You know, definitely had like a party punk life, but um, she's awesome. So cool. I'm trying to think. I mean, are there are any other stories that you've told me over the years. The one thing I really wanted to do at the Rose Bowl is like once me and my brother decided, okay, this is going to be our like farewell song. I wanted to take his RV out there and just make margaritas all day long and not sell a single thing, but say thank you, a goodbye. Did you ever yeah. do it? No. 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 It just got. The timing never worked out right. You know how busy we get with stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's one regret I do have. So when I saw you there in April of 2014, how much longer did you do it for? for you, you, I don't think you did it at all in 2015. Yeah, I did. did. I did. All the way until, I won't say 16. And yeah, right before. Right when they changed the prices and they you changed doing everything. doing it here when I moved here. No, I had just stopped. I stopped in, uh, I want to say the last one was in December or November of 15. Yeah, Yeah, because I know it's been over five, six years. Hmm. What about the rhodium? Is that a good one or no? Yes and no for buying or selling. Well, just kind of going back to Sarah's question about, you know, different flea markets. I feel like that's one that we left out. So the rhodium is is located in... uh, what city is that? I know what Long Beach is supposed to be good too. Long Beach is good, but the rhodium is on Redondo Beach Boulevard, and it's a, actually a small Japanese community there. So there's Jap all the Japanese Gardena. Thank you. Uh, Gardena is the city, and so all the hotels there, everybody speaks Japanese. Uh, the banks are Japanese banks, so the tellers speak Japanese. So it created a comfort level, and when the Japanese will come, so there was a flea market right down the street from there in Gardena. And prior to the Rose Bowl, the Friday before and the Monday after, that's when you would get the vintage dealers coming. So what happened is it just got crazy, and we didn't have a warehouse at the time. So I told clients, hey, meet me at the Rhodium on Thursday. So my brother did it, and we went to the, and sold, and we met Japanese guys. So other Japanese heard that, oh, Thursday, you can also do it. Then vendors hurts. Pretty soon Thursday became the day. 
And so like, man, we created a monster. We were thinking this was just a great outlet for us to do it the two days prior. So we didn't have to go on Friday, but now everybody was doing it on Thursday. So now you are forced to do it on Thursday. And then we stopped doing it on Friday because we were trying to do Now we had finally got a warehouse and we were trying to, you know, minimize how much, because you're waking up at three o'clock. I mean, when I would go down there for, I call it Rose Bowl week, I literally would get no more than three to four hours of sleep a night because of whether it's the flea markets. And this is back to back to back to back five days in a row. It, it was insane where you needed to take a nap. It was a rush. It was fun, you know, most of the time. But once you get into the summer months, it's brutal. Yeah, I want to look because I think, <laughs> it's going to sound crazy. I want to look, I, I love as much as like I hate Instagram sometimes and social media. I do love the uh, on this day feature on Instagram. I, I like looking at those and let me see. Okay, this it, it, it had to have been like almost exactly seven years because there is seven years ago, a my picture. Rose Bowl ticket. Yeah. One admission, the greatest flea market on earth, second Sunday every month, RG Canning Attractions, Rose Bowl, Pasadena. Yeah. That's cool. I still have that ticket somewhere. Do you? Yeah, I have it in a, I just saw it when I was moving. Um, I have like a little baggie of stuff. And uh, yeah, that was almost exactly seven years ago. So I don't know if I have any other pictures. We can celebrate. You can have your... Bloody Mary. Yeah, your Bloody Mary finally, and I can have some orange juice. Yeah. It's crazy so. how much beer was consumed out there. Oh. I mean, I would take anywhere from a 12-pack to a case, and people There's would like bring no stuff. no bathrooms either. Oh, that's a n- different story. There's yeah, bathrooms across I the bridge, but sometimes you couldn't make it, so you have to create your own latrines. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, I don't, it, for me, like, I, I love... It's just, I like creature comforts, and for me, like, after so long at something like that, I'm like, it's time to go. You had no choice. I mean, you couldn't leave. I mean, sometimes it was awful (laughs) because they would force you to stay until, like, 2 o'clock when there's not a soul around. Yeah. Because it's 116, 120 because of the asphalt. Oh, I mean, unbelievable. I'm laughing because... The following Sunday would be Easter. So my boss's husband and kids flew out and met us. So they were at the hotel while we were at the Rose Bowl, and then we went out to the Adrian Brody brunch. And then we had asked for a late checkout, and we were, like, pushing it. And after so long, your car deactivates. So we were, like, just able to get up to the hotel. Actually, no, we hadn't left our bags at the front. We had left them in the rooms, grabbed our bags, and then then we took them down and kept them with, the, like, the concierge. And she was like, you know, um, I won't say her husband's name, but he's up on the roof with the kids. You want to go see it, say goodbye. And it had a, the, we were at the Chamberlain in West Hollywood, and <laughs> beautiful pool. So I went up, sat up there for a little bit, and then I was taking the car back to LAX, and she was they were going to go to her uh, husband's mother's house and um, for the week for Easter. So I was taking the red eye back, not my choice, but that's typically how things worked at Urban. Like It was just kind of a money-saving thing. So I would basically get a comp day on Monday. I didn't go into work Monday because I landed Monday morning in Philly. It's about a five-hour flight. Um, so... I leave the roof, <laughs> I leave the rooftop, which has a bar. The bar was open in the pool. And I go into the elevator. I hate elevators. I'm extremely claustrophobic and I'll take stairs. I mean, I think stairs are a better, healthier option anyways. But um, I don't think there was stair. No, there had to have been stair access for fire. Of course. But I don't know. Whatever. I got in the elevator and you have to put your card in and then hit the floor. So I was hitting ground floor and nothing was happening. And then I was hitting door open and nothing was happening. And I was like, ah. I just oh, started Christ. screaming and sweating. And this is the funny part. I get my fingers, jam them into the crack where no, the two doors, oh, I did, where the two doors meet. And I like hulked it. I went, ah, and I opened the doors with my bare hands. And there's these like people at the bar. It's Sunday. You know, everybody's there for like brunch, like beautiful people. And I'm 
sweating like. (laughs) (laughs) You were there two seconds. (laughs) How do you panic that fast? And the bartender, God love her, came running over. She's like, honey, are you okay? No, I need a drink. I was like, I got stuck. (laughs) I got stuck. (laughs) So she's like, I'll get you. I was like, will you come with me? She's like, I can't leave the bar. I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right. So she put her card in and then it worked. And I got downstairs, but I was just... Why am I not surprised? Oh, I had a meltdown. <laughs> That's because why. literally our cutoff time had happened in right. between me going up to the pool and That's getting funny. an elevator. And they cut my card off. That's why you get scared when I, I think push I you into a closet like, or I think you should have a little bit of wiggle time so people don't get stuck in the elevator. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me tell you how to run your business efficiently That's what by I'd Bridget Murawski. I haven't been to that hotel in a long time, but it's one of my favorites in L.A. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to add? I think it's my longest episode ever. We're going on an hour. No. If, if you can, you should go to the Rose Bowl. If not, the weekend before, you can do Pasadena at the Pasadena City College. And if not, there's always Melrose. There's Fairfax. And if you're not in Southern California, definitely go to Alameda. I think Echo Park has one too. That might like be Echo new Park one. Craft or Echo Park Flea, or I know someone who's done it. Good. Um, my friend was doing one. Oh, you know in, what? In, in uh, Georgia, that was a good one. Santa that Barbara I went to. County, but I don't think she's doing. She, I think she's pregnant. Vin, oh, the Ventura. And she was doing a vin, something in Ventura, but I yeah. don't. Yeah, R.G. Canning does that. On the third. No, 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 no. It's something she started on her own with someone else. Well, excuse me. <laughs> I'm sorry, in Georgia? Yeah. We went to, let's see, tabletop. Not round top, but this tabletop. was t- tabletop. It was one of the, we found so much vintage. In Atlanta? Or outside no. Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, my brother had all these great someone places when he lived there. He lived in Georgia fact, for Fact check. Yeah, for so Rafi's lived in Philadelphia. He's he lived, lived in, in Seattle, Georgia, Philadelphia, Seattle. Atlanta, yeah, and LA. And LA. So he's been all over. Um, if you're in in the Pennsylvania area and you're into antiques, there is Renningers um, in Adamstown, which is outside of Reading, Pennsylvania. Um, they don't. I mean, I don't really remember there being a lot of clothing there, but that is a good one. I know one of our Japanese clients knows it and, and goes there. It's good for housewares, glassware, tchotchkes, stuff like that. Kutztown. Mentioning, yeah. No, I've never been to any in Kutztown, but, you know, Pennsylvania in general, there's lots of great thrifting and, and just... I really want to go I want to go to those places you always talk yeah, about. I told Art I want to go and do, like, a Pennsylvania trip with him and take him to all my old haunts. Yeah, because so when fun. I went there for with my brother... We just hit Philly, New Jersey, and then Jersey we drove. Has some great thrift Oh, stores. really good. Oh, yeah. back in the day, unbelievable. Those family thrifts yeah. were so good. 99 cents, uh, places that would just, you would go fill up your cart and you get it to the counter and they'd be like, well, how much do you want to give me? I'm like, excuse me? Well, how much do you want to pay? Uh, 20 bucks. Okay. It's like, yeah. wow. Yeah, in Pennsylvania, you have to be very strategic, you know. Um, Somebody's funny, when I asked if anybody had episode ideas, someone wanted us to talk about, like, the gentrification of thrift stores. So you definitely saw that happening from the time I started thrifting in high school up until moving. Gentrification of thrift stores? Yeah. I talked about this with you. Yeah, but it's, this is a real phrase that someone wanted to use? Yeah. I mean, it's just basically in Pennsylvania, what happened was you started seeing, stopped seeing as many people in there. Like a lot of people go to thrift stores because that's all they can afford. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's thrifty for them. It's meets their budget. They're getting decent clothing at a good price. They can get more of it. Um, but you started seeing less of that and more, you know, like young hipster people with carts and honestly i would walk into some thrift stores and if i saw people that looked like they were doing what i was doing i'd leave and go to the next one really oh yeah oh not me you'd be surprised how quickly they can get picked over especially there are some but not everybody's looking for the same things at the same time Mm. you know i just i really the thrift store that i love the most near where i grew up nobody was buying vintage to resell there and it's massive and i remember going there and uh, the day I was there, everything was half off, and I bought 
probably five to seven big bags. I think I spent almost $500 and the people there, like they had to call up two people to the register to help. I bought so big much. Baller, <laughs> my dad big was like, baller. what are you Because I used to take my dad with me. And he's like, what are you doing? Um, but I was like, dad, I can turn this. Making it. I said, I can it. turn this $500 into a lot of money. <laughs> and um, the people were just like, so what are you? I mean, and I told them because I'm like, they are they don't give a shit, you know. No, they, you should have seen me in the day. Like, in the, I had a route here in the Central Valley. And just like my brother had routes in uh, Alabama, Georgia. South Carolina, you would do these in Tennessee. You'd go up into Tennessee and do these loops, and oh man, it's unbelievable to go back on the road again. We, I want to do digress. that. I oh, sorry, I get no, excited. No, no. I love thrift stores. I, I mean, I always have. Uh, you know, I because I shop for myself, and at the same time, I you know was making money. Well, I mean, I still somebody um, asked me a question via Instagram about, you know, the most where to source, what's the best way to source. And I told her, you know, if you're on a budget to this day, I would say the, the cheapest way to source vintage is through a thrift store. Thrift store. If you don't have access to like a wholesaler in your area. Yeah. But like, honestly, yard sales, estate sales. Yes. But estate sales, I feel are frequently more housewares than it is clothing. Um, yard sales here, yeah, you can find stuff. Yard sales back east, I don't really ever remember being like. But the thing is, though, like the, the, I mean, the it word really depends vintage. on where you are. No, it also depends on what you're looking for. What, what you, what's your niche? What is it that you're going for? Like, I can go to any flea market and find something, because what I sell is pretty much everything. Yeah. Now, someone who's only selling Victorian dresses and tops, well. They have to be more. They need to go to antique malls. They need to go to more curated places. But someone who's just general stuff, you can go anywhere. I think I have a bug bite on my floor. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> Talk about me digressing. Um, no, it really hurts. Ow! <laughs> I got it. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else? Nope. Okay. I want to thank you all. Because the response has been overwhelming. I guess so many people wrote in and said, please, we need art to be on there on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So she finally gave in. Took two years, but she gave in. Yeah, it's nice. And there might be some weeks where, you know, we do this biweekly where maybe art won't be able to be on. (laughs) He's got got stuff. Oh, I'm serious. You're busy. She's already giving me the brew. No, no, no. I'm just saying um, I do want to still try and have guests on, but like I explained in the Instagram post the other day, it just with my life, this has been a very stressful streak and a hectic streak in my life, and it's just hard coordinating with people. I'd love to um, know what kind of guests they would like. Would they want a shop owner, uh, a designer, uh, a, f- a Japanese client who goes back and forth? I mean, I'm curious. What do you want to hear from? Who? I really, I'm still sad that I haven't had the girl on from the DeYoung Museum, but she was so emphatic, like so emphatic that she didn't want to talk until the museum opened back up. So I need to check back in with her because I thought that would be a great conversation about clothing preservation. Absolutely. Because a lot of, you can take smaller, you can do museum preservation techniques in a smaller way for vintage. So um, I just, I need to check back in with her, but um. People typically give me topic ideas more than guest ideas. And like I said, I just, it's hard coordinating and it's hard getting everything set up and it's hard making, like, I can't control what a person's connection is like, what is going on in the background, even though I tell people, go somewhere quiet, go somewhere where you have good service. Sometimes that just doesn't work. And I mean, I have, this is really good equipment. I think the podcast sounds good for the most part, but I'm very picky about it. So it's, you know, having guests on can be challenging. So I think having you on is really, it's nice because we can have a conversation and it's a lot more convenient for me and for you. You know, we're both here. It's easy to record. We don't need to set up appointments with each other. And and then we're two different perspectives on the same topic. And I think we have, I mean, you obviously have extensive knowledge, but I feel like I fill in the gaps, you know? Absolutely. And my knowledge is extensive, but it is not complete by no means. No, no. I'm still constantly learning daily. That's right. It's the most important thing about education. So, Never ending. All right, friends. Uh, we talked about 
um, patron support. If you want to do that, check out the link on Instagram or in the show notes. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, we'd really appreciate it. Follow us on social media. You have so many methods to get in touch. If you have any questions, um, we are taking wholesale orders. We're just kind of hectic and busy right now. So if you email me, I don't get back to you right away. Please don't take it personally. I'm doing my best to get through those emails. I've had quite a few this week. So, um, anything else you want to add? Be safe out there. Yeah. In the meantime, stay safe, stay sane. Don't be basic. Stay healthy. Don't be basic. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.